0: Good morning everybody, greetings in the name of Jesus. Uh, I'm not uh, even quite sure (laughs) what I'm going to say this morning. Uh, I'm a a very conflicted man uh, about today. Uh, Because when... When I was young, I remember uh, Christmas was a very joyous time, a very happy time. And I can't deny that uh, it was on the verge of being commercial. But it wasn't completely commercial, at least in our house. I remember my dad would, uh, he would give... uh, Presents to the to the milkman. <laughs> they still had milkmen back then, and and the postman, and the uh, uh, paperman, and and uh, we would give presents to all our neighbors, and uh, so it wasn't something that just focused on ourselves. Even though we did give presents to each other. Now I'm talking about the. Culture that that I grew up in, uh, but then you know that's what I was given, and and I can't prove what day Jesus was born. I, there's just no way. I I I can be one out of three hundred and sixty-five point two five percent correct, but I can't give you the exact day. But Uh, One of those 365.25 days, Jesus was born, uh, and he came into time and space. So I don't know if it was today or not, but it's the day that was chosen by people before I was even born. And so I'm not sure where everybody is at as far as Christmas is concerned, uh, but I do think that... uh, in my mind you know in my conscience i think it's okay to uh acknowledge that jesus did come into space and time because you know that that changed everything and, and everything was changed and and uh you know i understand it's it's kind of ironic in a way but i understand completely uh It was, what I don't know, maybe 20 years ago, maybe a little less, that uh, the idea that Christmas was pagan was introduced to me, uh, and it was introduced by uh, very different, I mean, Christians from very different uh, perspectives, which is ironic, Uh, but, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I took that to heart, you know, I looked around, and and by then, by the time I was 40, uh, Christmas was completely commercial. And, uh, you know, my parents didn't give presents to anybody around the neighbors or anybody that uh, uh, provided services for them. And, And so I can't deny, you know, that Christmas became completely commercial. I don't know if it actually started out that way. I mean, it could have. But uh, so, you know, I was, I was told by different people that, you know, Christ, Christ, Christmas was pagan by other Christians, but I also was told that Christmas shouldn't be celebrated in a culture because the, the culture was non Christian. And so I have, <laughs> I remember uh, you know, at work when I was working in this place, when, when I found out, you know, that that Christian was pagan, uh, um, I, I worked in an office where there were pagans. <laughs> Most of them were pagans. There was a few Christians there. But uh, I used to write Merry Christmas up on the board. And uh, it just, it, it never occurred to me that that would be an offense to Christians and to my pagan <laughs> friends. Uh, and so, it, I mean, it was difficult enough that you know the, the pagans in the society didn't want it, but now the Christians don't want it. And so, I'm I, I don't, I'm not saying all this to offend anybody. I, mean, I don't know where everybody stands on this, and, and I understand uh, the arguments for why it is pagan, and, and I understand Christmas is very commercial, and uh, you know I don't really want much to do with Christmas in our culture anymore for for what it was taken. But I do know one thing is that uh, I started a tradition in my family that Christian, I mean Christmas, became uh, about uh, Luke chapter one and two, and uh, you know I, I bet, uh, I hope you guys can indulge me because. Uh, my uh, preaching this morning is going to be mostly reading God's word, because uh, Luke chapter one and two is is the very long chapters, and so, but I, I would like to read those uh, uh, to you guys this morning, and so uh, let's uh, turn there. Now, I don't think there's any Christian that can deny that. These scriptures are worth looking at. Now, I'm not saying we have to do it today, but like I said, where I come from, uh, it seems like an appropriate day to do it. So let's just start reading. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto you in order, most excellent Theophilus, that, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. So Luke is... Uh, He spends four verses uh, basically saying, this is very important stuff that I'm uh, about to write. Uh, And uh, so I guess uh, he's saying, you know, we need to pay attention to these things. There was in the days of Herod, the the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of of the course of Abia, and his wife was the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Uh, I just want to stop. I wanted to uh, mention something about uh, verse six. It says, "So here is a couple." And uh, later on, it says, "You know, Zacharias, uh, 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 his he prayed. He prayed, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. But he, they prayed. Obviously, if if a if a uh, couple is barren." Uh, And they're Christian, they're going to pray for children. But God never granted them any children. But it also says that uh, they were blameless and they walked according to all the commandments. Now in John chapter 9, I just want to read the first three verses in John chapter 9. And as Jesus passed by, I saw a man which was blind from his birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, uh, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sin nor his parents, but the works of God should be made manifest in him. And so, basically, he's telling this man he he was born blind for the glory of God. And so I'm saying... Uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth were barren for the glory of God. And we're going to see this. And so we can't always say that someone's misfortune is because of their sin or somehow they're condemned by God. Sometimes their misfortune is for the glory of God, the complete opposite of what we think sometimes. And so verse 10, the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense And there appeared unto him an angel, the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto her, Fear not, Zacharias, for For thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth." And he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God and he shall be before him in spirit and power of Elias uh, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord and Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God, and I am sent to speak unto thee and to show you these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because they believe not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. So here Zacharias was praying probably the whole time he was married for a child. And he finally got one, he, or he was finally about to have a child, but the angel that came to him, he didn't believe. And so somehow, uh, you know, the angel said, he can't speak. I'm not sure why. It's almost like a, a little bit of a punishment for not believing. Uh, it's like, have we ever prayed before? And then God answers the prayer, and it's like, I, maybe I shouldn't have been praying for this. You know, he, he answered it, and I, I, you know, this answer is not really what I expected. But, but, anyways. Uh, so I think, and, and the reason I bring this up is I'm. I'm going to compare it to Mary's response, which was quite different. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months, saying, Thou, thou hath the Lord dealt with me in the days when I looked on me and to take away my reproach among men. so this was a, a, a really nice gift that Elizabeth uh, received because, you know, her whole life she couldn't bear a child, and, and now she's having a child, and... and uh, it was important to her because uh, she said, uh, take away my reproach among men. You know? So uh, this must have been a real happy time for them, but Zacharias, couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't celebrate because he couldn't talk right now, but uh, that'll change later. Okay, in, uh, in verse uh, 26, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. Uh, The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in the womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there shall be no end. And then said Mary unto the angel, And with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed uh, from her. So I wanted to stop there. I want to talk about a few things. So uh, this thing with Mary uh, can be quite controversial. And sometimes... Uh, you know, some people have taken it way too far, but then other people have just cast it off and don't even consider Mary. But uh, in verse 28, it says, And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And so that that uh, highly favored That word favored is the same word as grace in the the Greek. And you can look it up. Favor and grace. If you look up favor, you're going to get charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. If you look up grace, you're going to get charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. And so I want to look at a few verses that talk about grace because I think I think that there's a misunderstanding, especially with Mary, about grace. The thing about it is, you know, Paul was given much grace by the Lord. And Paul had a mighty ministry, and we have no problem with that. But this is also saying that Mary was given much grace for her ministry, and her ministry was to carry uh, Jesus uh, to birth. And so, Mary's, you know, Paul is just a human being like us. And Mary is just a human being like us. There's no difference. But the difference in those people's lives, and it should be in our lives, but I know, you know, God gives a measure of grace based on what he, purpose He has for that person. And so, we're going to look at a few verses, and, and, and that'll, that'll come out. First, I want to go to Ephesians. Uh, I'm going to be jumping back through a lot of different verses, but uh, I want to look at what grace is. So if Ephesians, uh, we're just going to go through uh, several verses in Ephesians. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood... The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So grace uh, brings redemption. Right. And then uh, chapter 2, verse 8. By grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift to God. So it's a gift. Right. This highly favored, our it can be translated. Much grace that Mary uh, received was a gift. It's nothing Mary did. God chose her for whatever reason. God chose Paul for whatever reason. Uh, God chose Peter and John and James and, and the rest of the apostles. I don't know why He chose. There's probably just as many other well-qualified people out there, but God chose them and gave them this gift of grace. And then chapter 3, verse 7. Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me for the effectual working of, of his power. See, this is Paul's talking about himself. Is that he was given this gift of grace to have power in his life to go out and uh, uh, witness uh, to people out there. And then... Uh, Uh, chapter uh, 4, verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So that measure means uh, we're not all going to receive the same amount of grace as other people. Uh, Grace is given to people based on God's purposes. And it's a gift. It's nothing that we can't sit down and say, okay, God, I want lots of grace because I really want to do lots of things for you, which probably is not wrong, but every one of us has a different purpose for uh, doing God's work, and we have to realize that. I mean, and it's right in scriptures, you can you can uh, uh, do a study on grace yourself, and in I think you'd come up with the, the same conclusions, so uh, let's go to uh, I have a few more here in Romans you know and there there is even the the uh, the parable of the talents, so even though we are we all have eternal life, even though we are children of God, even though we walk with him, uh, we 're all going to be doing different things for the Lord. Because we all have different talents. And Jesus tells us directly out. uh, What he's saying is that even if you get one talent, use it. Don't hide it. But if you get ten talents, use it. You have more responsibility. And so, as far as the Christian life is, uh, life is not fair. Some people are going to have more grace, more power in their life. Other people won't. It depends on what God is doing in their life, or what God wants to do with their life. So in Romans uh, 12, 6, it says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to proportion of faith, and then he goes on. Well, he says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace. So he says it right there. and then in Second uh, Timothy one nine, you know, it says, "Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given." Us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So there, he's 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 saying the same thing: is God's grace in your life is for His purposes. And I think I, I, you know, maybe I shouldn't say this, but in God's mind, the the guy with the one talent, if he uses it, is much better off than the guy who has ten talents and doesn't use it. You see. And so uh, there's something expected of us, but there's more expected of some of us than others. But God will give you the grace and power if more is expected of you. So then, uh, let's see, Hebrews 4.16 Says, "Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need." So, grace is also something that uh, we can go to the throne and use God's grace uh, to help us. And then uh, the, the last one is uh, John, uh, John chapter one. And it says, uh, uh, it'd be verse uh, 16. Well, let's just do 15 through 18. And John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received grace for grace, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So this uh, grace to grace uh, is grace for grace. Uh, this is uh, something that uh, uh, you know, John is saying that uh, this is something that John the Baptist received. And uh, Uh, let's go back to Luke because you know John the Baptist had a very specific uh, very specific uh, ministry and that was the announce the coming of the Messiah but when Jesus was ready to enter in uh, ministry uh, John the Baptist was well he was He was taken out of the way. And so sometimes God gives you a specific ministry to do, and when it's done, uh, it's time for you to quit. And so I've seen sometimes people, they don't want to quit, and then they continue on, and then God isn't blessing their ministry anymore. So it's something to be aware of, and I think uh, John the Baptist uh, brings that out very clearly. So let's uh, let's go on here, Uh, verse thirty-six. And behold, the cousin Elizabeth, she saith, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste unto the city of Judah, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this, is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me. And for lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy, And blessed is she that believed, for there there shall be a performance of these things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath received in God my Savior, and he hath regarded the lowest state of of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation and he has shown strength with his arm and he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts and he hath put down the mighty with their seats and exalted them of low degree and he hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away and he hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy and he spake to our fathers to Abraham and to his seed forever and Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. So I'm going to stop there. See, if you, if you read this closely, what's happening is when Mary shows up to Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth receives the Holy Spirit. Now, Mary's basically saying that, that it's from the grace of God that God gave me that Elizabeth was able to receive the Holy Spirit, and then uh John the Baptist received the holy spirit in the womb. And so I want to look a little bit at the holy ghost. And uh I think what's uh what they're trying to get at here is God's grace his power will bring forth the holy spirit. And uh I and I think that that's you know I mean, I wouldn't be dogmatic about it, but I, I've, I've read this over closely, and I think that's what has, has happened here, that Mary was, received an abundance of grace, and that grace, that power, when she met Elizabeth, uh, went to her, and uh, Elizabeth and, and John the Baptist were, uh, uh, you know, they received the Holy Ghost. And so uh, in John uh, fourteen twenty six, see, the Holy Ghost uh, does, does things for us. And uh, so in John 14, uh, verse 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I said unto you. So here, uh, John is saying that the Holy Ghost is a teacher and a comforter. But he's saying, uh, at this point, he's saying that he's going to send the Holy Ghost, and that's at Pentecost. Well, but God was still sending the Holy Ghost in Old Testament times because uh, Luke 1 and 2 are still Old Testament times. And and he sent the Spirit of God to many different people, uh, especially the prophets. And you know the, the problem, uh, the problem prophets had was nobody wanted to listen to them. Uh, they were generally killed. He, you know Jesus even says that that only he, he was saying this to the Pharisees only if you had listened to the prophets. That's right. Because the prophets had the spirit of God, and he calls John the Baptist the greatest of all the prophets, and he came to prophesy. Of the coming of Jesus. And not only that, but Jesus says that we as believers will be even greater than John the Baptist. And why is that? And I think that's because of, you know, God seemed to be selective about who received the Spirit of God in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, Whoever believes on the name of Jesus can uh, receive the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what he means by that. will be greater than all the prophets. So, uh, you know, Jesus Christ coming into space and time uh, is changing. He was changing everything. Before, the Spirit of God was based on what God wanted. And he would send it to specific people. But now, it's whoever wants God's Spirit. It's our choice. And uh, we, we can do it by uh, asking the Lord Jesus to come in our heart, and he'll send us the Holy Spirit. So let's, uh, let's go on here. Uh, 57. Now Elizabeth's full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her cousins heard how the Lord had shown great mercy upon her, and they rejoiced with her. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they called him Zacharias after the name of his father. And his mother answered and said, Not so, but he shall be called John. And they said unto her, There is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father and how he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tab- table and wrote, saying, His name is John. And they marveled all, and his mouth was opened immediately and his tongue loose, and he spake and praised God. And fear came, and all that dwelt round about them, and all these sayings were noise abroad throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all they that heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, what manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for thou hast visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of, the, of his servant David. And he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which had been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which we swear to our father Abraham, that we would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him in all the days of our life, and thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, and thou shalt go before the face of the Lord, of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. So these are all things that uh, Zacharias was prophesying. It came true uh, through Jesus' ministry. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world shall be taxed. And the taxing was first made uh, when uh, Cyrenius, was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And, it was, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be. Delivered, And she brought forth her first son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall... Uh, be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, and you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel of a multitude, the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away, from them into heaven, the shepherds said uh, one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with the haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard, it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all things that they uh, had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. And when the eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, They brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And as it was written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said into the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and the same man was just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, uh, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law, then took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen uh, thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all the people, and the light is lightened the Gentiles in the glory of the people Israel and Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him so uh, just just some things i wanted to want to say here uh, first you know it 's just like the Lord to go out to the the shepherds because the shepherds were kind of the the low 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 uh cast people in, in society but he, he went out and, uh, and showed himself to, to the lowly but then he also showed himself to this, this man, uh, Simeon who was uh, uh, I, I guess he worked in a temple I don't know if he was a Pharisee or not uh, but he, he showed him because uh, this man was filled with the Holy Spirit and he had this dream. And uh, he was told that he was going to see the Christ. And to me, it's a picture for all of us. You know, this story should never get old. Uh, this, this story, every year I read it, it's, 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 it's a... Uh, it's an amazing story. And we should never get bored of it, and we should never get blase about it. We, I mean, this is our Christ. This is our Lord coming and visiting us and being with us and uh, desiring for us. He says uh, you know, he's going to accomplish all these things for us. And uh, he did. And then verse 34, And Simon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was a great age and had lived with and husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake uh, of him to all them that looked for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned unto Galilee. But to their own city Nazareth and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him so I think I'll stop there but uh so that's what Christmas is about uh, it's not pagan uh it's 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 God's redemption and uh I think that we need to keep it and uh I don't care what day you choose, we could do it in July, we could do it in March, it doesn't really matter, but I think that it's okay to acknowledge that Jesus Christ came into space and time for our redemption, and uh, I think, uh, I I can't, uh, I think it's okay And uh, I wouldn't know why it wouldn't be okay. So thank you. Thank you for your time.